0: Good morning UPC, so good to be here, may God's peace be with you and those of you who are joining us online, may God's peace be with you as well. I bring you warm greetings from my family, my wife Julie and I, we have five girls and they're not here because they're serving at ECC right now and they want to hear your pastor speak and they want to hear the choir so they're worshiping at ECC right now as we speak. They sent you their warm greetings, but not just my family, the entire ECC as well. You know, ECC and UPC, we have a special connection. In the year of 1957, UPC sponsored a Chinese family all the way across the world to come to Seattle, a refugee family who was fleeing the Communist Party. Army, And through the love and care and the spiritual nurturing of UPC, they heard about Jesus and they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that family eventually went on to be a part of the founding members of ECC. Even though, and that's the year of 1967, and even though this couple had gone to be with the Lord, Their children, their grandchildren, they continue to serve at ECC. So over the last 50-some years, God has blessed ECC, growing ECC from a very small church to now a thriving church. And God has used ECC in such a big way, especially reaching out to the Chinese people, not just in the Seattle area, but all around the world Only God knows how many people were touched, how many souls were converted, how many lives have been changed through the ministry of ECC. It's a beautiful story, and you know what, UPC? You are part of that story, amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, UPC. You've been a blessing to us. And we hope that we can be a blessing to you as well. The theme of kindred this year is standing firm and growing, striving together for the faith. And the Apostle Paul had made it very clear that in this journey of faith, we cannot do it alone. We need each other. And As we strive forward, we are to stand side by side with one heart, with one mind, and we are to be united. And I'm so happy that the three churches, we can get together like this and we could practice that together. And I entitled today's message, Growing Together in the Lord. Growing Together in the Lord, because that's how we can be unified. See, unity is a byproduct of us heading towards the same direction, having the same focus. And as we pursue Jesus, as we grow in Jesus and closer and closer to him, what happens is we become more and more unified. And that's our prayer. So with that in mind, let's read today's passage. Philippians chapter three, verses 17 to 21. If you're able, I invite you to stand. Let's read the word of God together verse 17 brothers and sisters join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us for many live as enemies of the cross of Christ I have often told you of them and now I tell you even with tears their end is destruction their God is the belly and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. This is the word of the Lord. Bless be to God. May you be seated. <clears throat> How do we grow in the Lord? Here's the outline of today's message. Look around for godly examples to follow. Look out for worldly patterns to avoid, look up for the eternal hope that we have in Jesus. Let's look at the first point, godly examples. The apostle Paul started out by telling the Philippians to follow his examples. He said, brothers, join in imitating me. Now he's saying, hey, just as I am pursuing Christ with all my being, I invite you to join me in that pursuit. And notice how he moved beyond himself and he drew a bigger circle. He says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us, plural. And in a way he is saying, hey, you can use all of us, all of us, that includes Timothy, Epaphroditus, your elders, your deacons, your leaders, follow us as we follow Christ. Follow us as we pursue Christ. Let's all pursue Jesus together. Would you agree with me that the best way to learn a skill is when someone shows you how to do it? Isn't that true? Uh, Not by telling you what to do, no, but by demonstrating it for you. And I think for myself, that is so true. Driving, um, (laughs) playing the guitar, playing tennis, changing oil in my car, woodworking, right? making Christmas candle, barbecuing, (laughs) figuring out how to Zoom. This is for those of you who are joining us online, right? (laughs) A good mentor, a good teacher doesn't just tell you what to do, but he or she shows you how to do it. And that's even more true when it comes to spiritual life. Spiritual life, we grow the most when we witness how others pursue Christ, when we see faith in action, see that inspires us that we want to be like them as well. I love this quote, the most important learnings of life are caught, not taught, caught, not taught, meaning we catch values. We learn the important lessons of life, not by simply being told what to do, but by seeing them lived out in real life. We learn from examples. You know what? One of the best environments for that to happen is the church family. The church family. Because in the church, we have people pursuing Jesus Christ. Various life stages, right? Different generations. This is the best place for us to stand firm and strive together in the Lord. At ECC, our ministry philosophy is this faith to faith, life to life, generation to generation. One thing I love about our church, ECC, is the relationships that we share among various generations. Those who are a bit older than us, they love on us. They invest in us. They pour out their love, their time, their resources, mentoring us, sharing life experiences with us. For example... My girls grew up in a church under the love and care of their church uncles and aunties. And by the way, our church is a a sort of different in a way that we do not address those who are older by their first name. (laughs) We, We refer to them as uncles and aunties. And so my girls grew up that way, right? Under the love and care of their church uncles and aunties. And I still remember that one day when my girls finally came to the realization that wait, these uncles and aunties, they're not related to us. (laughs) <laughs> but, but they always thought that they were because of the intimate role that they played in their lives, and they were present in, in their birthday parties and, and recitals, and they make food for us. They, they help us when my wife and I were in need. At our girls' baptisms, they gave their testimony. They proclaimed their faith in Jesus Christ, and they thanked the church community for if it weren't were them, they would not be where they were today. And I believe that's how God has designed it to be. This family, the spiritual family, to pass down our faith from generation to generation. Faith to faith, life to life, generation to generation to generation and I want to encourage those of us who have been in the faith for some time and I would assume that's many of us that we should also consider stepping up and be examples for others I know he said "No, no 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 not me I'm not qualified I'm so imperfect listen to the apostle Paul he said not that I've already obtained this Or I'm already perfect, but I press on. Even the Saint Apostle Paul himself is not perfect. He's not arrived, but he said, But I press on. And my brothers and sisters, as long as you are pressing on, pursuing Christ, you can be an example for others. How can we grow in the Lord? Look around for godly examples to follow. Number two, watch out for worldly patterns to avoid. The Apostle Paul says, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now that's an interesting term, enemies of the cross. Why? Because in the life of a Christian, the cross is the essence of discipleship. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. See, the cross is a symbol for self-denying. The cross represents what it's like to follow Christ to die to self, to share in the sufferings of Christ. And that's why Paul says in verse 19, one of the examples of the enemies of Christ is that their God is their stomach. Their God is their stomach. The stomach is where the appetites come from, right? And Paul says, all these people, they allow their appetite to be their God. They're slaves of their desires. They simply do what their desires want them to do. Do you agree with me that we live in a world where (laughs) the message is instant gratification, right? We want it and we want it now. I want to show you some slogans that we hear all the time. Obey your thirst. What company is that? What company is that? Sprite. We love Sprite, right? Obey your thirst? Wow. How about this next one? Have it your way. Burger King, yes, Burger King. Have it your way, have it your way. How about this next one? Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Hey, no one needs to find out, just do what you want. How about this next one? Life is short, break the rules. Who cares about rules? Oh, you heard of this next one. Follow your heart. Always follow your heart. And this next one, if it feels right, then it must be right. Yeah, hey, how can it be so wrong when it feels so right? Right, right? Instant, instant gratification. And that is the pattern of this world. There's an ex- example in the Bible, the story of a set of brothers. The older brother came in from hunting. He was starving and guess what? It just so happened that the younger brother was making lentil stew or red bean soup. It's the story of Esau and Jacob. Well, to make the long story short, Esau gave up His birthright for a bowl of red bean soup. He exchanged his birthright, which has spiritual significance, (laughs) with a bowl of red bean soup. Instant gratification. Esau went down in history as someone who is uninterested in spiritual matters did not care about spiritual matters, who was nearsighted, who just wanted to fulfill his appetite, satisfied his immediate gratification. My friends, let me ask you this question. What is your red bean soup? What is something that you're pursuing that gives you the momentary gratification yet have no eternal values no wonder paul says here their minds are set on earthly earthly things why because earthly things will pass away earthly things will die. Earthly things will never satisfy. Buzz Aldrin was one of the very few human beings who got to walk on the moon. In an interview a few years ago, he admitted that he had this deep, deep depression that he had experienced after he returned from the moon, and a depression that was so bad that finally led to a complete emotional breakdown. And when asked why this happened, he said, I trained intensely to get to the moon. That was the one consuming thing in my life. I didn't think about anything else for years. Finally, I got there, placed my feet on the surface of the moon. Then I came back and there was nothing else to look forward to, nothing. See, the the thing that he focused on, his energy on, devoted his life to, he was looking forward to it so much that when he got it, when he obtained it, when he achieved it, he says, that's it, right? And he went into deep depression. And the truth is this, anything apart from Christ would eventually lead to nothing, nothing. Hey, doesn't that sound like a king in the Bible who had everything, right? He, had every, he experienced everything under the sun and then he said, vanity, vanity, everything is vanity. And that's why Paul encouraged us in Philippians 4. So whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. if there is any excellence worthy of praise, think about these things. Those things are heavenly things, you see, heavenly things. May the Spirit of God help us to reject earthly philosophies, ways of this world, and replace those things with the things of heaven, things of God. Amen? Amen. Which leads us to our Number three point, look up for the eternal hope that we have in Jesus. The Apostle Paul says here, and I love this, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. See, while the Philippians were Roman citizens, Paul reminded them that their true identity is that they were citizens of heaven. And what a reminder, right, for all of us that although we live in this world, we're not to be of this world. Our home is in heaven. This is not our home. Sometimes we forget that. How temporary life on earth is. And we put so much energy. We devote all our lives to live as if this is all there is. Can you imagine a race car driver in a race? And I read about this, that they need to make numerous pit stops where the, the, their crew, uh, had, with lightning speed, that they had to replenish the gas and replace the tires all in 60 seconds. Can you believe that? And so all these people are working so hard and then in no time send them out again to in hope of winning the race. Can you imagine as a race car driver, you mistaken the pit stop as your destination <laughs> where uh, when you get out of the car, do a little nice stretch, make yourself a little drink, yeah? And, and just... Um, Take a long shower. That would be disastrous. But how often, how often, brothers and sisters, you and I, we do that? We make this place our home. We treat it as if this is all there is. Now, speaking of pit stops, potty breaks. Did you know that there are toilets made of pure gold? I read about this. Mr. Lam from Hong Kong who built his toilets with 24 karat gold and encrusted them with gems. Listen to this. In addition to the toilets, virtually everything else in the bathroom is made of gold. The sinks, toilet brushes, mirror frames, toilet paper holders, wall tiles, and wall-mounted chandeliers are all made entirely of solid gold. (laughs) (laughs) And if it's not, weren't enough, Mr. Lamb decorated the ceiling with rubies, sapphires, emeralds, an ember. Even the floor near the doorway of the bathroom is embedded with two pound gold bars, end of quote. Now, this is an example of someone treating the pit stop as a destination. <laughs> How God, our Heavenly Father, longs for us, his children, to see that no, this is not our home, this is not it, where we tend to put so much of our time and effort and everything when this will all pass away. We can learn this lesson from the cherry blossoms. Cherry blossoms, they're so beautiful, so elegant, but they only last a little while. A few years ago, Time Magazine ran this article on cherry blossoms in Japan with this caption. After an especially harsh winter, clouds of cherry blossoms burst from trees in Tokyo. In Japan, the brevity of the one- to two-week blossom season serves as a symbolic reminder that human life is brief. As well. Mm -hmm. What a profound reminder that life on earth can be very brief. But as believers in Jesus, life in heaven is forever. Forever. Now, if we truly believe that that is the case and that we're gonna spend eternity with our heavenly father one day. Now that will change the way we live on this earth because we realize this is not our home and we don't have to demand everything to happen according to our desire. We don't have to demand the people around us to be perfect. We don't need to have perfect spouse, perfect children, perfect church anybody want to say amen there yeah there's a day that's coming when we will reunite with christ and he will satisfy all our longings and he will be like that forever listen to the apostle paul his example in the midst of all his trials and all that he's going through, he said this, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. We do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far waits them all see paul is thinking about heaven right he says you know life on earth this is short but eternity that's forever yes my troubles my challenges, my trials, they are only momentary compared to eternity. And so, in verse 18, Paul says this. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Heavenly things. My friends, what are you fixing your eyes on. Paul says, I'm fixing my eyes on the eternal things, what is unseen because that's where our hope comes from. You've heard of the saying and this is usually a saying for to criticize believers, Christians. It says this, Don't be so heavenly-minded that you are of no earthly good. You heard that, right? Well, today's passage tells us, no, unless you are heavenly-minded, you will be of no earthly good. Unless you focus your eyes on the things unseen and you draw hope from there, you cannot live the way God wants you to live on this earth. And so, children of the living God, kindred family, let's encourage one another. Fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, our hope for eternity. Jesus, who is coming to strengthen us to live as citizens of heaven on this earth. Amen? Amen. That's what it means to grow in Christ. I want to end today's message with a story, a true story that really encouraged my heart, and I trust it will encourage you as well, especially those of you who have lost a loved one or know of somebody dear that is suffering from long-term illness. There was a woman who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness, and had been given just a few months to live. So as she was getting her things in, in order, she contacted her pastor and had him come to her house to discuss certain aspects of her final wishes. She shared with him the songs that she would like to be sung at her service, the scriptures that she would like to be read, even the outfit that she wanted to wear. Everything was in order, and the minister was about to leave, and that's when this young lady said, oh, pastor, there's something else. There's one more thing that's very important. I want to be buried with a fork in my hand. the minister looked at the young lady and did not know what to say and that's when she said in all my years of attending socials and dinners dinner events i always remember that when the main course were con- consumed and taken away someone would always lean over and say keep your fork keep your fork Oh, she said, that's my favorite part because I know, I know when that happens, something better is coming. Like some delicious dessert, something good, something wonderful with substance. So, at my funeral, I want people to see me lying there in my casket with the fork in my hand. And I want them to ask the question, what's up with the fork? (laughs) And I want you, Pastor, to tell them, you all should also keep your fork for the best is yet to come. Remember, brothers and sisters, no matter what you're going through right now, how difficult things may be. Remember, the best is yet to come. So keep your fort. Amen. Yeah. As a Kinzer family, what we could do is encourage one another. To focus on Jesus Christ it's when we do that and when we pursue Jesus together and focused on hope that we have in eternity God will unite us and we can be a powerful witness for him on this earth amen, amen. let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you for speaking to us Lord you know our hearts many of us are tired on the verge of giving up. Lord, thank you for giving us one another. We're not in this alone, but we have one another where we can encourage other. Lord, help us, help us to focus, fix our eyes on you and draw strength from the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.